Are you tired of people always telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. Are you ready to actually do something about it? Hi, I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the past 30 plus years, I've been blessed to speak and to impact thousands of people around the world. I've shared the stage with the world's top thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm also a personal development, lifestyle, and business coach, event producer, and entrepreneur with businesses in over 25 countries. I'm a wife and a proud mama to three and a bonus mom to one. Trust me when I tell you, it took me many years of buying into my old story of I'm not enough and lots of grit to finally let go of the BS. So I understand firsthand what it means and what it took. They don't call it the school of hard knocks for nothing. This podcast is my way of breaking down the BS filters of what we say, what we do, and how we interact with others. I will be sharing what worked for me, yet more importantly, what didn't work for me. This is a no fluff podcast where we will address real life issues, real issues that seem to surface when you least expect it, relationship conflict and breakdowns, and real solutions. I will share from my life experiences and those of other everyday heroes, as well as the world's top experts are all here to help you grow through the process of letting go and finally expressing your true voice, who you are and what you stand for. In a world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, it's hard to know what is real. And are you taking in so much information, but not applying what you've learned? In my life, I always look to the people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to get honest and forthcoming with me to help me grow through these challenges. Trust me, I've had them all, and I'm going to take the time to be as real as possible and get to solutions. I've had financial issues, parenting issues, marriage issues, emotional issues. You know, the list goes on. I've learned from my challenges, I've grown from them and continue to learn from them. I see them now as opportunities. With this podcast, we're going to tune up our lives. I'll be your cup of espresso to get you through whatever you're going through in your life that's holding you back, to give you that confidence and trust of knowing someone is there to help and guide you, yet you have to do the work. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you. I am ready. I started my money. I started my morning today. Just then. Oh, my gosh. I actually start my day, at least just so you know, once a week with good stuff. Really? Uh Uh-huh. And... So when I heard you on Clubhouse, I was like, oh my God. First of all, I was in the bathtub and I got to say, I was listening to Clubhouse from my bathtub. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God there is no video here for Clubhouse. And that, um, that was a really good thing. That there, and um, well, I was very, very excited to see you on Clubhouse and very honored by your sweet, <laughs> sweet um, share on Clubhouse. But anyway, if you don't know who he is, you got to know who he is. Because um, Justin Garini, I can't believe 
30 years on the stage and in, on the screen, including your first season of American Idol. You must have been like two and a half, and I must have been just five years old when the whole- Yes, we both were quite young. We both were quite young. But uh, it has been an amazing journey. Um, it's actually been 20 years, not quite 30 years. It's been 20 years since American Idol almost, but it feels like it's been 30 years if you count 2020 in all of it. <laughs> but, but Looking at your resume and it says 30 years, so you must have started your career really young. Yes, that's true. Being on, I'm looking here, and it says that starring roles in six Broadway productions, as well as a popular character, Little Sweet, as seen on the National Diet, Doctor, I actually think I do remember that, you know, for, um, anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And you're an extremely gifted performer, but what I love the most about you is your heart. I mean, I, as I shared with you on that clubhouse, when I saw the Fijians and you sing, singing Amazing Grace, that was probably one of the most special, special days in my life, honestly. And the, you know how much the Fijians mean to me. So let's talk. Let's, let's just talk. Let's just talk life, man. Like you, I mean, you, I mean, how many seasons has American Idol been around now? I have no idea. They're, I think they're beyond, well, they're now on the, probably what the third season of the new uh, ABC version. But if you count the old and the new, we're, we're probably pushing 20 seasons. If not more, I can't, I can't imagine, but you know what? It's, it's a testament to what it's about, which is yep. about the kids, right? American Idol came around at the forefront of reality television mm -hmm. and reality TV more often than not has been, we're gonna drop a snake in the room and see how everyone responds, <laughs> right? Whereas that's not what American Idol is. It's about the talent, it's about the stories, it's about us connecting with the real lives of these people and, and what they have to say. Well, and you know, I mean, I want to talk about this a little because I just got off a Zoom call with about a thousand people and we were talking about fear, you know, and just why people don't move forward. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there go, oh my God, I would love to be on American Idol, but oh, I'm not good enough or who's going to find me? Who's going to want me? Could yeah. you share a little bit about the journey for you even to, to go for it, I think? Sure. I mean, I will say part of it at 22 was a bit of ignorance <laughs> when you because we didn't know what it, nobody knew what it was right nobody knew what that show was going to be um and when eventually we understood 30 million people are watching this every single week super bowl numbers like huge event numbers um and even then it's like you can't wrap your head around that number it just is a number. Like, how do you quantify in your brain 30 million people? You don't, it's just a number. And so, you know, there was that ignorance there, but on the other hand, everyone on American Idol, myself included, whoever gets into at least the top five or like to the finale has had some sort of semi-professional experience, right? Mm -hmm. We have been through the fire and it's that that really makes or breaks that uh, um, that uh, journey. And what I love to tell my students is that everything that you want, whether it's something, uh, the body you want, the spiritual connection you want, the relationships you want with your significant others, children, family, the business that you want, everything that you want, material or, uh, or otherwise, is waiting for you 
just on the other side of your willingness to fall down completely flat on your face and yep. fail. Right. I yep. encourage people to fail faster because guess what? Failure is my superpower. I'm, yep. And I love though what you said too. I think that there's a lot to be said of time in the trenches. Yep. You know, I mean, you saw me, you met me, we, we met in the Bahamas actually. And then you, I think that it was, and you were doing, I remember I had to take you up to the suite to do a yep. testimonial. Um, and then you came, then I met you in Fiji, but you know, we were teaching life mastery 36 weeks a year. I mean, it was like Groundhog Day. I'm sure lots of times when you were up singing songs or, you know, in the trenches doing Broadway plays, doing all of those things, it was like, oh my God, like, do I have to do this one more time? And the answer is yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. Right. So can you talk a little bit more about time in the trenches? Because I think a, my, my big word for people is to make sure that they understand that you have to be patiently persistent. Yeah. in your life yes right and most people in in our world of it needs to happen two and a half minutes ago and i need to be at a million followers and i need to make sure that i'm on can you talk a little bit about the that what the work is that you've put into this just yeah, even to yeah. get on at 22. look it it requires just persistence persistence and the way you really get beyond the sort of boredom of it because look i've been on what, in six Broadway shows, right? Hundreds upon hundreds of performances of these same lines, <laughs> the same movements, the same, oh, the only thing that changes is the audience, right? And so, and, and at the end of the day, what I recognize is that one, the more and more I do this, the more opportunity I have to play and discover new things, right? Um, because I could just take the attitude of, and when some people do this, they just get bored and they get stuck in a role. But I'm constantly trying to play and push the boundaries and innovate and see, okay, well, how can I deliver this line? It might be completely wrong. Again, failure, quote unquote, right? It might flop. I don't know, right? But like, I'm going to try it and I'm going to continue to push the boundaries and continue to explore and play inside the space of the words and the actions that I'm given. Another thing that helps me, especially when I'm performing or when I am speaking, I recognize no matter how many times I've delivered the story, because we all have our stories, right? We all have our little frameworks and everything when we're um, coaching or mentoring. I recognize that I think back to when I was probably eight years old and I was in Atlanta for the summer with my father. My father was a major in the police force at that time and his jurisdiction was what was then called the Atlanta um, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium where the Braves the Atlanta mm -hmm. Braves the baseball team used to play and so and I know you you have a love for Georgia don't you um, but uh, so then I was eight years old and the Jackson five in their <laughs> adulthood came through on the victory tour the Jackson five victory tours huge Michael was Michael was not quite at the moon yet, but he was in the stratosphere, headed to being the Michael Jackson that we know today. And uh, was already extremely successful, got back together with his brothers, and it, selling out stadiums back when you could sell out a stadium with one act, right? Not like five. Um, and so I was there, and I'll never forget the night when I was in the audience, and the crowd was electric. I mean, it was hot outside. 
the music was pumping, thumping in your chest like you remember that those live concerts. The lights were flashing, the smoke effects were beautiful, the costumes were amazing, and the choreography was just, and there was just this moment where the crowd went wild. And I remember saying to no one in particular other than myself, as I pointed to the stage, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I opened that loop for myself. And then it wasn't until I was 23 about, and I was that guy on the stage, touring, singing in front of 30,000 screaming fans every single night, that it dawned on me when I was on show number billionth that I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> if I come out and if I phone this in, there is somebody out in that audience who could potentially do the same exact thing that I did who I would be denying them that opportunity, yeah. that inspiration, right? If I don't, and whether I'm at a Broadway show or I'm on the stage or I'm speaking, if I don't come with 100% of my energy and put myself in the frame of, I have the opportunity to change someone's life as my life was changed, yeah. then I am out of integrity, out of alignment with my purpose. And I am potentially denying someone the opportunity to have that moment where they open a loop and then maybe if they're lucky have the potential to close the loop like I did and open a whole nother one. I'm gonna say mic drop right there on that one with regards, <laughs> boom. With <laughs> No, seriously, I think that I was, I was just sharing this, um, I was on a podcast just this morning. So if I look a little exhausted, it's just my day has been- You look beautiful as always. But um, I was just, thank you. I think that what was, happening um i was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about you know just declaring it because and there's this part of us like we were just talking about the kids you know it's okay for a, a, a child to be afraid of the to acknowledge that a child's afraid of the dark but then what part of us makes it okay that we're afraid of our light yeah. and i i think that you know, I was sharing with you earlier that, you know, I was going to, everybody had my life set up for me. I was going to go work for CNN. You know, I probably would have met your mama there and everything. But um, the part of us that has this, like, buy into reality, you know, instead of remembering the dream, and it sounds like what you did is you remember the dream. You stayed connected to the dream. It might take a while, right? It might take a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was prepared. You were prepared, exactly. So when the opportunity came, you were prepared. And what do people call that? When luck meets, when preparation meets opportunity, they call it luck. Yeah. 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 Which we know it's not, right? And so I think that I would love to touch, talk a little bit more about that because it was funny. I just finished up doing uh, Life Mastery, the one that you were at, but I did it. They did the very first virtual Life Mastery. Uh, was that where Tony was in front of the massive amount of screens and everything? Tony was, but I was facilitating that program and everybody said, you know, it's not going to, it's, you know, is, is it going to work? You know, like everybody doubted him, right? Once again, but he had, he has such, he's such the master of like holding the vision and like declaring that it's going to be done. So I went there and I was, I have not been in front of a camera camera like that in gosh, since college, you know, like in 1987. And I remember I was there and it's almost like I knew exactly what to do. I was like, just look down the barrel of the camera. Just imagine there's a gazillion people in front of you. You got this. 
this is, it's hard as, you can tell them, right? It's hard as, it's not easy to do that. Like just to look down the barrel and imagine. But all, like you said, you like see thousands of people, even though you can't see thousands of people and you just look down the barrel of the camera. And I was talking with my, my business coach and he's like, Lauren, what's the dream that you've always had, but you haven't done it because once again, you've let reality you know, sink back in. And I told him, the dream and he's like how much time are you spending on that and i'm like well not a lot and then you popped on clubhouse and i'm like anyway we got a lot to talk about so but it was uh remembering the dream and remembering like you said the preparation and uh you know and just getting in line and staying in line but why do you think so many people aren't patiently why they give up i mean you know you talk a lot about core confidence i know that you're getting into coaching yeah. hire justin if you are listening right now hire him yeah. because he has been willing to go through it not around it he's been i was there when he went through it and you know he i would say what you did is you embraced the suck yeah. during that time and but you said i'm gonna embrace the suck and i'm gonna go how am i gonna be better because of this and i think personally for me watching you go through that just for a little bit of time was it was contribution you know when you gave back i mean you weren't thinking about yourself that's what I saw kind of help you get through, but let's talk a little bit. Why, why do they give up from your standpoint, especially people that have a, an amazing talent like you do? What, what, what happens and what, how do you feel when those people give up? You know, when, when you speak about, um, you know, uh, Tony's events and being a part of that world, there was something when, he was speaking one time, and I don't know if it's UPW or something like that, where he was, he talked about threshold, right? Where you reach a threshold. That's one of his, right. was at the time, one of his big things, right? And so, you know, we have this threshold, this place that we hit of pain where we have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And there's this really cool thing called the hero's journey, right? Mm -hmm. That we all know, but we don't know that we know. And the yep. reason why we all know it is because pretty much every single amazing story that we've ever watched or seen movie, right? Is based on the hero's journey. Yep. Two of my favorites are Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, right? If we take Luke Skywalker or Frodo, both people, chilling, doing their thing, and then all of a sudden, boom, this event happens where they have to go out into the world, out of their comfort zone, yeah. and go on this quest mm -hmm. to either find something or learn something, to get something. And halfway through that quest, they, have, they come to a, a decision where they can either move forward or they have to go backwards. And so many people, far, far too many people get to that place and they reach a threshold of pain, of suffering, of shame, of blame, of all of those things. And they make the choice to go backwards yeah. because back there is comfort, mm -hmm. right? Back there is what everyone else expects of them. Back there is just not having to worry about all of these new things, not having to grow and expand its safety. And yet there are those people who instead, like you, like me, like all the folks that we know and love and, and who will come to our programs and who will you, we've seen in all of these uh, uh, places who will, like you say, move forward and they'll embrace the suck, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that's why I encourage people to fail faster and often as much as possible. If you can embrace failure and stop seeing failure as tied to your self-worth, mm-hmm. right? Stop, right. Yep. stop putting yep. that, stop putting your quote unquote failures, um, uh, tying your self-worth into them, right? If you can see them as something separate, as something that is a learning tool, as something that is like a gift from God that says, here is your chance to expand and grow beyond, right? Yep. And yes, there is sacrifice. Yes, there is pain. Yes, there is suffering, right? But if you can make it through this this fire, almost like a, you know, forging steel, right? You've got to put it into the fire and beat the living hell out of it before it comes out stronger than it ever was. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important thing to remember too is that it's temporary. You have to see it that it that there there is an end. Yes. You decide, you have to decide how long you're going to be there. Like I mean, I remember when I went through, you know, my divorce. I mean, it was it was it's it was hard. It sucked. I knew and, and the recession and the this oh. and that. I'm like, but this is gonna make me so much stronger, my kids so much stronger, everything, my relationships could be great. I'm gonna remember just who I am, but I had to remember there was a season, you know. I, I think that especially what's just been happening in the world. I mean, okay, so the world was in winter. We've been in winter, but winter is a great time to reflect, to reinvent. I don't know about you, but I'm on like Lauren 7.0 right now. (laughs) I mean, I look at all of, especially people that are in the music industry, how many times they're reinventing themselves, right? And can you talk a little bit about reinvention? Because I know you've had to, you've had to do that. Absolutely. I think it's absolutely necessary. One of the pros, pros you want to talk about in the music industry of reinvention is Madonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, hello, how many Madonnas have we had over the past 30 some odd years, right? <laughs> she started off as the material girl and, and you know, uh, saying things on <laughs> MTV. Was it the... Uh, uh, what was it the the old video show with with Carson Daly or something on like whatever it was uh the show she's like you know what do you want to do I want to take over the world right this little nobody this little short thing saying that she wants to take over the world she started off as a material girl and yet with the time she you know Vogue what what was she doing again Lady Gaga does does a lot of things that she role modeled from Madonna yeah. right. She's like, what is the hip trend? And who who has got the hip trend? At that point, voguing was something that men did on stage and it was this beautiful thing and it was a beautiful celebration of their sexuality and all this other stuff. And she took that thing at a time when being gay was like, like they put you up on the cross for being gay, right? She right. took it and she, not only did she pull it into the mainstream and make it something that everyone accepted, but she had gay men in the video. Yeah. Right? Like she didn't try and hide it. She didn't do what people accuse Elvis of where it's like, I'm going to take that and I'm going to make it my own pretend like I came up with it. Right. Now, right. For better word. And so, so reinvention is absolutely necessary because when, when you think about all how quickly our media and our news cycle changes, right? People's desires, people's way to communicate changes. Next month, there's gonna be a brand new version of some clubhouse thing, right? It's gonna happen over and over again. But what the underpinning of all of it is, 
And what I recognize now is that within the next 10 years, I believe, and based on some things that my mentors have told me and that I have seen just for my 16 year old, is that if we do not as entrepreneurs, as marketers, as people who have a message, begin to act, speak, and deliver our message from a place of integrity and truth and the mess being our message, mm -hmm. the people who are gonna be our buyers within the next 10 years are gonna tell us all to go pound sand. Because yep. the bro marketers, the people who pretend that everything is perfect, the people who are overly filtered and all that other crap, no one is gonna buy from them. Yeah, well, and I think people are starting to wake up to that even now. My, my, Quinn, you remember Quinn? Oh, Quinn, the baby version of Quinn who's not a baby anymore. Thank you, um, just so you know. I got a, he's just the cutest. He's 21. I know oh that. Oh, God. Old. But he started 11, he started 10 years ago when I went through my divorce. He started doing Vine videos. Yeah. And he grew it up to about a million followers. And then he got into Instagram and he grew an Instagram page for like 3.8 million. And he has many other of these Instagram pages. And he said to me, he goes, Mom, you know what? I'm really proud of you. And I'm like, why, Quinn? He goes, you know, you got a lot of friends who they're buying followers and it's not real. He said, and you, you never like took money and said, grow my followers. You said, you've always wanted to keep it real. I go, if I'm not keeping it real, then I don't want to deliver. I, that's the only message I know how to deliver. Like you could walk in my house and I'm the same person or like you, when you were with us in Fiji, yeah, you yeah. know, come up to our house and know we were the same person on stage. And people are so hungry for that, right? Like you said, I think that, there's this part. So let's talk about that, that reinvention thing. What would you say some of the steps are for reinvention? I love what you said about Madonna. So she saw something that was a, was, was, what would you say? How would you say, what did she do? How do you, well, I mean. She just looked and saw, it's that foresight and trying to see what is the next thing. Yeah. What's something super interesting. And also, I mean, it probably interested her. Yeah. Like, she probably was hanging out. And she saw some brothers like doing bogan and she's like, what is that? Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> what? And, and, and so when we find things that pique our interest or intrigue yeah. us, and then we begin to, again, it's like authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. We find something that we get excited about and then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm excited about this thing. Um, how can I find out more about it? How can I begin to, it's like, you know, Russell Brunson in his book, Expert Secrets. Right. Like, Look, if you want to sell something, find something that you're really, really excited about and learn as much as you can about it. And then after you've learned as much as you can about it, keep learning more about it and interview people. Like if you're a chapter one of this thing, interview people who are a chapter 10. Find people who are already doing it. Okay, so Madonna, if we take that example, right? It's like she found something that was really cool. And then she was like, tell me more about this thing and yep. show me some of the moves. And oh, there are like clubs where people do this thing. Let me go to that club. Let me go talk to those people. Let me go find out what this thing is. And let me get into the culture. And then, I mean, look, she was, she was someone and still is someone who just wants to push the envelope. And yeah. She, about sex when it was like we don't talk about sex <laughs> right i mean she had a book that was just called sex right like and so again it's 
the reinvention is obviously finding that thing and then the next step and then learning as much as you can about it. but the next step is the step where most people tend to fall down and that is the willingness to be polarizing about it yes yes right? the yes. willingness to yes. put out a message yes. that will say uh, what people who see it will say i love that or i can't stand that right there is no profit in neutrality. That is something that one of my favorite people, Peng Jun, likes to say, a master marketer, right? He says there is no profit in neutrality. If you're trying to please everyone, you're pleasing no one. Uh, another one of my mentors, Garrett J. White, says email them. If they're not customers and they're on your list, email them every single day until they either tell you to F off or they buy something from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I love what you said. You know, there's a couple things that one is um, Russell Brunson, what started Quinn, Quinn on his journey was they were listening to the Money Masters. Joss and Quinn were listening to the Money Master where Russell Brunson was talking, was it the potato gun? Was it yes, the that's his thing. Yeah, that was his first thing. Right, with regards to it. And they're like, well, that's interesting, right? And then they're like, well, how did he do that? And it's exactly, that's so good. And, and then I love, 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 love what you said because uh, my mentor, my friend Philip, he, um, he said, Lauren, he goes, you know what you need to be okay with? And I'm like, what? And this was about five years ago. He said, you need to be okay with more haters. Yes. Right? I was like, I was like, yes. So I go check this hotel in LA. I think it was the standard across from Staples, Staples, uh, Staples. And um, it might be, they might have one down there. Yeah. And I go in there, swear to you, I, could, I should pull up the picture. I go and I check in my room and I guess each room has a different, um, like, singer you know something like there's like the taylor swift room or whatever and i, I guess whose room i'm in whose madonna's <laughs> I go, i'm like she really is i'm like standing up inside my bed i send a picture to my friend philip i'm like i'm okay with it but i love that so let's talk a little bit about that about willing that willingness to polarize yes because you are exactly right that's where they get there like oh they'll go learn everything they'll like get everything they'll take the class They'll do the this, and then when it's time to go, oh, but everybody, oh, everybody might not like it. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do it because nobody, everybody's gonna like it. Let's talk. I think this is a huge. This this podcast is gonna change your life because I. <laughs> go ahead. Yes. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? Well, you know what? It's something that I'm still learning. I have to unlearn the yes. willingness to people please because I have spent most of my life being a people pleaser. I grew up in the South in the generation of children that was to be seen and not heard, right? I grew up as the son of a politician and another prominent person, you know what I mean? And so I learned to, to uh, say the right thing and to make sure that I didn't offend and to be polite with the pleases and thank yous and to hold the doors and pull the chairs out and the like, which is all wonderful, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Right. However, when it comes to creating a message and putting your message out there there is so much noise mm -hmm. anybody can have a podcast i think uh, uh, i'm a, a member of the broadway podcast network and the head of the broadway podcast network said to me one day do you know in 2020 that i forget if it was per day which seems crazy but not or per week that in 2020 the statistic was that there was 17,000 podcasts 
new podcasts, I want to say a week. Let's just say it's a week. If that's a day, it would be insane. But if it were a week, 17,000 new podcasts, just a week, were being launched. Everybody and their grandmama has a podcast. Everybody and their grandmama has a, a Snapchat, has an Instagram, has a Facebook group. You know, you want to talk about in the musical theater space, everybody and their grandmama has a master class where you pay <laughs> the race to the bottom. It's who can who can make it the cheapest for you to show up and, and get 10 minutes to sing a verse and a chorus and have somebody tell you something and then go sit for three hours, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Beautiful. But there is so much noise and there are so many people trying to grab your attention. And yep. so when it comes to getting people's attention and to be polarizing about it, it's a necessity because there's so – and look, at the end of the day, whether – name your guru. At the end of the day – the themes, much like sitcoms throughout the years and the TV shows throughout the years, the themes are all relatively the same, right? Right. But what makes Tony so special? It's the way he delivers his message. Right. What makes Brendan Burchard so special? It is the way and the sweet, kind, like strangely attractive way that this guy who's not like quote unquote hot, but like has this thing about him, right? Like delivers his message. What makes Marie Forleo so amazing and powerful and magnetic, right? All of us are saying relatively the same thing, right? We're all trying to help you live your best life. Right. <laughs> but it's just, we have a million, we have a million different entry points, right? Because of our own unique way. And because of Tony and Brendan and Marie Forleo and everybody you can name, decided that here is where I will take a stand and plant a flag and be polarizing that is why they have become who they have become and that's why you know john smith who you've never heard of has forty thousand people on his list and events every single day you know what i mean every single quarter right and he's killing the game because he decided to be polarizing with his message to find a niche a specific group of people that he was going to serve right and some people you're not gonna, and like you said, like I remember when I was, when someone asked me the whole like staying true, like what does staying true mean, Lauren? Maybe if I don't like myself, what does that stay true thing mean? And I remember I was doing a, um, some push-ups, not like a lot of push-ups, but a few push-ups. And I was like, what the hell does it mean? And I'm doing push-ups, I'm like, oh, I get it. It means that you can be badass and beautiful, right? And I don't mean like, like just on the outside, I mean like living a badass and beautiful life. And so I had this girl come work with me and she's, you know, my mother and I were talking about it. And what if you just said like, um, brave and beautiful. And I'm like, because I don't mean brave and beautiful. I mean, freaking that you can be badass yeah. and beautiful. And she goes, but you know, people are going, not everybody, you know, it just probably isn't going to resonate with everyone. I'm like, exactly. It's not going to resonate with everybody. You're not my peeps. Yeah. And and to be okay with that, right? To really be okay with that. Okay, awesome. This is so good. So what do we, so we want to do, I think it goes back to, um, where do we go from there? Where do we go? How do we bring that, that confidence to be okay? Yes. Right. And I do just want to uh, dovetail on something that you said. Look at social media, for example, Instagram, right? So many people are concerned 
with how many likes, how many followers. And at the end of the day, those and a bunch of other metrics that you can think of are just vanity metrics. Those are ego-based metrics. Look at Beyonce. Let me look. I'm going to look at it right now because it's stunning to think. Someone who we will know and love forever, (laughs) Beyonce. I'm going to look up her follower count as we speak. B-E-Y-O-N. But I would go back to as you're looking that up, you know, that movie, The Social Dilemma. Remember the guy? I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it. I want to see it so badly. You're the second person in this week who's told me I need to watch that. You have to watch it because I'm sorry, I'm going to blow it. I'm going to blow something for you. But um, they were interviewing lots of people that one guy was the guy who created the like button. And he thought that the like button was going to be something good. Like it was going to like cheer everybody on. And he said, man, who knew? I've got goosebumps. He goes, who knew that the like button if people didn't get it, it was going to cause so much pain in their yeah. life, you know, by people not. Because I think at one time they talked about getting rid of the like button. Um, and so, and once again, I mean, every going that external, I think what all of us are saying is you've got to have that core confidence in yourself. Yes. If you, No matter what, you know, you look at, you do look at Madonna. I mean, she could have decided the story was to be the, um, the struggling Madonna because she had yeah. her struggles, right? But she decided to go, no, I'm not going to own that identity. I'm not, that's not the one I choose to own. The one I choose to be own is to be the one like, I'm going to be known around the world. You're going to know who I am. Every person in the world is going to know who I am. So we have a choice to decide how we're going to be known, yes. right? Absolutely. So, yeah, go back. What did, what did Beyonce say? What's her numbers? So, yeah, <laughs> so, so much wonderful things to unpack in what you just said, but I'm going to go back to what she said. Beyonce has 165 million followers. 160. How many people listening right now would pay uh, an untold sum amount of money? Because you know what you could do with 165 million. You could monetize the living hell out of that. 165 million followers, please. You pay 10, 100 times, you could pay a million dollars and get that back within a month with 165 million followers just based on the brands that you could partner with, right? So anyway, she has 165 million followers. And if we go back to that sort of outward uh, um, uh, vanity sort of metrics, right? Those outward markers, the like button that says, oh, somebody liked me, liked it, oh, I'm worthy now. Those things. She has 165 million followers on one of her latest posts and one that has her fanny in it. So, you know, a lot of people are going to like it. <laughs> she has three 3.5 million likes. Now, I don't know what that is, but it's, it's less than 1%, right? Yes, or it's, yeah, less than 1%. Yeah. Less than 1%. Yes. So, city of, yes. No. You know what it is, but it's not, it's not, it's not 10% that, that magical conversion that we all want to have. Right. Right. Most of her posts, 1 million likes, 4 million likes, 3 million likes, 1.6, 1.83. One even got 952,000. Three. So if Beyonce is getting <laughs> less, let's just, let's just be kind and say 2%. I don't know what <laughs> let's just say it's 2% just for, for arts. If Beyonce is getting 2% likes, with 165 million followers that doesn't mean jack what really does matter and to just end the conversation of polarizing is engagement and that's what you want you want people 
people who engage with your message. You could live comfortably with a hundred people who will engage with anything and everything that you do and say and sell than you could with 165 million people who only three million of them will just look at what you do. Right. And who knows how many, I mean, look, that, that's a ridiculous thing. Of course, 3 million people, if you could sell them a dollar with something, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If you could with 10,000 people who wouldn't be that excited. Right. And well, and I think what it is, is I'm trying to get a little, um, get a little surprise for you. Oh, no. Um, the, that's what Quinn was saying. He said, mom, he goes, just, you're going to, you'll find your peeps. And I think that if we could give everybody hope, it's like, if we go back to American Idol, I mean, how many of you guys were on? How many? How many were on that that first oh, season? Well, there was ten in the in the top ten, but I mean, so there might have been ten thousand people total that auditioned for it that year. So ten thousand people. You know, we always talk about. I always talk about this. The numbers are always the same. The numbers are always the same. A yeah. hundred people join a gym. Eighty percent right. of the people they like drive by the gym. And they're like, "Hello, Jim. I'll pay you my dues," and then they never go in. Right. Yeah. So ten thousand people, maybe who. A lot of them weren't qualified, didn't have those years of experience, didn't put a lot of time in the trenches, mm -hmm. 10,000 people audition. Then you've got that 10% of the people that they, you know, maybe made it to the top 50, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's that, you know, that 3% of the people, those are the people that go to the gym every day, right? You guys, and you had just shared it, the people that made it to the top went to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. They didn't just go to the gym when it felt good. They didn't just go to a, you know, audition for one play. They went to, got turned down lots of times. They had to build core confidence for, them, for themselves. But I think that just knowing that, you know, keep adding value with regards to thing. You're, you'll find your peeps. Um, what else was I going to say? So uh, we always say, you know, how do you make more money? You add more value. So for me, like doing the, the podcast for me was important because I was like, I've got great people that I want to share with the world and I want the world to hear them. And like maybe people that you could never, that wouldn't know about you, well, they all know about you, but um, if they didn't know about you or, or know who you are at your core, like that's what I thought that, you know, when we ran on that clubhouse, like I wanted people to know who really is this amazing man, be, you know, without the music, without the, all those things, he's just a good man. Yeah. So I think that, I think that also I was hearing that the challenge is, the podcasting is just like the music industry or real estate or anything else as well. I think I heard that only, I think it's less than 3% of the podcast people are consistent with. Yeah. And, you know, I will say this when it comes to podcasting, I fell into the same trap that many people do. It's like, Oh, I, and, and when you look at something like, uh, I don't know, anchor is a really super simple, easy app that you can use to podcast. Right. And right. Anchor, anchor lets you literally with a few clicks of a button, record something, put some music to it, and then put it out to any and all of the platforms. Right. Right. And of course they'll, they'll slip in their advertising and they'll do some things to monetize. But at the end of the day, I was like, Oh, I just need to talk into this phone and then unhit the button. And that's it. I've got a podcast. And yes, you have a podcast, but if you want people to know about it, you got to work hard and then don't let it get popular because then you've got people who want more and more and are try and all that stuff. And so, you know, you keep mentioning one of my favorite words, <laughs> my favorite phrase is core confidence, right? And that's something that I teach and people are like, well, what, you know, you talk about reinvention, you talk about um, how to go about 
that and why people reinvent themselves. The reason why I reinvented and added to, you know, entertainer, also the title of core confidence coach was because so many people came to me as I know they come to you uh, as they come into our worlds and they, they were asking me whether they were entertainers or influencers or entrepreneurs, they were asking me things that really when you boiled it down to the end of the day, were all about how they could get beyond shame, beyond blame, beyond these roadblocks that either they felt were put in front of them or they put in front of themselves. And so as I began to sift through the information and the years of people who came to me, I was like, this is just about confidence, mm-hmm. right? Plain and simple. I mean, that's my entry point into it. It's about a million things, but like I know one thing. When I am asked to get on a stage, you can give me a couple of lines worth of notes and I can get up there and I can just talk yeah. on live television, on whatever to the nation. Which it, that's the, I love doing it, right? Why? Because it's what I have done since I was a small child, right? I've been forced to be in the spotlight one way or another. And so what did I do then? I decided, okay, how am I going to create a framework where people can understand what this is and how can I, you know, because there are confidence coaches out there. There are people who speak about confidence, Tony, and it's all part of people's uh, programs, right? But I wanted to make it all about my program, right? My program. And so when I thought, okay, what is what is that core confidence, that deep lasting confidence? Where does that come from? And so what I uncovered was there are four key skills that you can apply to the four key areas of your life. And so core confidence to me is clarity, commitment, creativity, and certainty. Mm-hmm. And when you apply those four and invest in those four key skills and then apply them to four key areas of your life, one being your body, the other being your spirituality, the other being relationships, whether that's with a significant other, your children or your family, and then the fourth being your business, whether that is how to make money, how to keep money, mm-hmm how to (laughs) deliver your message, whatever that is for you. When you can apply those four key skills to those four key areas of your body, you create the foundation of lasting confidence that will help you to eradicate shame, eradicate blame, and be able to build a life, a body of the relationships, the spiritual connection to God, Allah, Yahweh, Buddha, Krishna, the great nothing, (laughs) the universe, spirit, even if you don't buy into any of that, whatever that connection is to your being. Yep. And then help you build the business that you want to build in a way that will will absolutely be completely unique to you and and, uh, where with that confidence, that recognition of your own worth, your own value, will be your unique voice and, and no one else will be able to deliver it like you can. So funny because, you know, my whole thing is about my true, your true voice. So that's what I talk about is your true voice. But like you said, the same things are the same. It's like concepts are constant. Right. Concepts are constant. Like you said, clarity in your finances, clarity about your relationship, commitment, creativity, and certainty. So pick pick something because I don't want anybody to leave 
listening to this podcast without taking action, right? Like, I, oh my God, like I was just talking to somebody today. I was like, somebody asked me, what frustrates me the most? When people don't take action, just get off your ass. You know, get off your ass and go do something. Yeah. I don't care what it is, just go do something. Even if it's just evaluating one area of your life, get clear, like you said, mm -hmm. find out what your commitment level is, get creative. I mean, like for me, mine was working out. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, oh, oh, there you're back again. You're back again. That's right, that's right. I guess I got to work out to that song or something. <laughs> no, but it was like, you know, the same thing. I was like, get really, I made a commitment to myself that, and I would say it in front of large crowds. Every year I'd say, I'm, you know, no matter what my age, my spirit soars because I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life, no matter what my age, right? And then I was like, Okay, sister, if you're really going to do this, I had to take a big look and go, am I really living that? So, um, and I love that, getting clear, make it a commitment. And then I had to get creative, which meant I had to have somebody as a personal trainer come to my house when I didn't want them to come, which was at seven in the morning. Uh, you know, one of my favorite books is Brian Tracy's book, Eat That Frog, right? Like, eat that frog, the slimiest, grossest, nastiest frog that you don't want, you know, you really don't want to eat that slimy frog, but you know, if you can do that hard thing, then you, everything else the rest of the day look, looks easy. But, um, and then guess what? I built up my certainty, like you said. Like, you know, I went from 28% body fat to 19% body fat, right? So I'm like, mm, okay. So now I've got certainty and I want to, now I just got to get clearer and clearer. Okay, what's the next step yeah. for that? So I love that that you shared. Okay, well, we've been talking, can you believe it, for an hour? Insane, insane. We've yeah. got a lot to talk about. I can't wait to share with you offline. Yeah. But um, here's the question I asked. What's there, so is there homework that to check in on one area of their life? What would be the homework you'd give everybody? So the homework that I love to give everybody and and – the, the best place that you can start is that first C of clarity. Clarity, clarity. But here's the caveat. Often people will say the truth will set us free. But what's interesting and in what politics in the last year in America has shown us is that truth is quite relative. You can find your own truth depending upon what truth you want to have. Your right. truth, Lauren, is different than my truth is different than my dad's truth is different than the guy or the girl down the street's truth, right? So right. truth is relative. And when we really start to analyze our lives, whether that's our bodies, our spiritual connection, our relationships, or our finances, what truly will set you free, as my mentor, one of my mentors, Garrett J. White says, it's not the truth that will set you free, it's the facts. Facts are what is and what is not. Facts are not emotional. Facts are just what is or what is not. One of the most challenging places for people to get clear on the facts are is in their bodies, just like, just like you had, just like you were challenged with, right? You had to get clear on the facts. Most people say I'm too this or I'm too I weigh too much or I don't weigh enough. What the hell does that mean? There's mm -hmm. no way to track that. There's no way to measure that. You said I have what was it 28% body fat? To 19%. Right. Yeah, right, but that's look at that's measurable, right? When you can say I have 28% body fat. When you plant that flag and says this is where say this is where I am, then and only then when you are clear about the facts and can be honest with yourself and know the truth of your situation, can you create a future vision of yourself 
that is based in reality. Because what do we do? Every single year, December 31st, we say, I am going to lose weight this year. I am going to lose 10 pounds. But we don't talk about what it is that we're eating here and now today, what we're drinking here and now today, our exercise level here and now today, our body fat. One second. Sorry. Can I hang on? I'm going to have to, and I'm going to. My dogs are at the dog wash and my husband didn't take his credit card. So, <laughs> so okay, so get clear about the facts. Get so, clear about the facts. You know, when you get clear about the facts of your body, right? And then what do we do mostly? Okay, so I'll go back. Um, New Year's Eve rolls around and we say, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds this year. I'm gonna lose 10 pounds in the next month, right? Or two months or three months, doesn't matter. And we say, oh, we, and, and there's this vision of ourselves and we look great and we fit in the clothes that we want to fit in. And then we have all these visions, but we don't deal with who we are today, our mindset, what we are eating, how we are uh, exercising or not exercising, what the numbers and facts are of body weight, right? BMI, whatever it is you want to call it. And so all of that stuff, those, those visions of the future are fantasy. Mm -hmm. But... What happens when, like you, like so many others, we get clear, crystal clear on the facts and we are honest with ourselves and we say, my body weight is X, Y, Z. My body fat percentage is X, Y, Z. I eat this, I exercise this much or don't exercise that much. When we are clear about where we are starting, then we can have a vision for the future that is based on reality. And we say, okay, I want to ha go from 28, like Lauren, uh, to 19%. And the cool thing that we do is we open up the gap there. Right. We open up the gap. And then in that, we have the ability to say, okay, create milestones. I'm going to track and measure the results that I'm getting. And there's a whole system and many, many systems to do that, right? Right. So, that's what I mean about getting clear on the facts. So pick your body or your spirituality or your relationships or your business and start to get clarity on the facts of just where you are today. And I'm not talking about one, two facts. I'm talking about all the facts, right? Yeah. Business, you tell me about your yourself, about your cash flow. Are you tracking your cash flow, right? What are your expenses versus your income? If you're somebody who has, you know, a, 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 like me at one point, I bought all the programs, right? How many of them did I actually use? Mm -hmm. no. Self-help becomes shelf-help. We don't want that. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Right. So getting clear, getting so crystal clear on the facts then will help you to see where you are, will help you to get beyond the sort of blinders we put on, will help you to embrace the shame and maybe the blame that's happening there and open up the opportunity for you to say, okay, this is not the way I want it to be. What do I want? <laughs> right? Like right. Ryan Gosling in the notebook. What do you want? What do you what do you want? What do you want? Right? And then we open up the ability to see a future vision that is based on facts uh, and based on uh, on a vantage point of where we are today in reality. 
and then we open up the gap and then that's when we can begin to measure and track the progress between where we are. And sometimes like we're just because we're not clear about it, we don't understand how things can actually be different. Like I went from 28% body fat where I actually look like people were looking and go, oh, you look good. And I'm like, but I knew at my core I didn't feel good, right? And then I went to 19 and guess what? I, I gained five pounds, yeah, right? Yeah. But I gained five pounds of muscle, yeah. right? And I'm like, I didn't understand. So clarity, you have to know the facts. You have to know, Lauren, you know, muscle weighs more than fat, right? Like you've got to understand like everything about your body. So that's why getting a coach and doing all of those things are so important. So how do people find out about you? And then I have my final question. So tell them how they can find out more about you, all that you've got going on. Wow, yeah, it's super simple. All you have to do is go to justin.club, not .com, justin.club, and uh, just drop your email in there and then we can connect. Um, there's all kinds of places where you can find me. And if you don't want to go and you're like, I'm not giving this guy my email, no problem. Just find me at, at Justin Guarini, pretty much on any of the social medias. If you don't know how to spell Guarini, just Google the guy from American Idol with the hair. I could be, I could be the first one that comes up on the SEO. <laughs> so yeah, just, just go there and you can find out everything you need to know about me. It's so funny. I was trying to get Quinn on the line because he's got the Justin Gorini hair. And I, oh, want, man. I wanted you to see him in his Justin Gorini hair. And he reminds, I just appreciate how kind you were to my boys. I can't tell you how much of a huge impact you taking the time to be there with them, playing whatever games you guys were playing um, back then. I, 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 I just want you to know it really, really made a huge impact on who they are as the men that they are today and how they show up in the world. And um, we got a lot to do together. So final question. What's one thing that you do to stay true to yourself? Um, I get up every single morning at five o'clock in the morning. And there are, with rare exception, I should say, I'm not perfect about it, but I have maintained a morning routine um, where I will get up at five o'clock in the morning and then I will do a set number of things for my body, for my spiritual, spirituality and spiritual connection, for my relationships and for my business between the hours of five and about 7.50 in the morning. And then I go back home, I'm up the street, I'm in my office and fortunately my house is right up the street. Um, and I then get my boys up and speaking of boys, you know, the experiences that I had with your boys were so, it's just as instrumental in my life because now I have two boys that are about the same age. Crazy. Right? Eight, eight and 10 about right now, about to turn eight, about to turn 10. And like, I will never forget Quinn, I think it was Quinn, who dumped out a whole bucket of toys <laughs> in your house in Fiji. And I was, I was like, and then he walked away and I was like, Aren't you gonna me me at twenty two twenty whatever twenty three thinking I know everything? I was like, aren't you gonna tell them to clean that up? And you're like, oh no no no, you know there there's uh, actually some studies that show that you just want to let them do. It. And I have done that with my children now. Of course, I'm also like, boy, you need to clean that up. But, but at one point, but that time with them and with you and being there in Fiji and being with the boys was so instrumental for me and and has has impacted the way I operate with my children as well. And so, yes, what I do is I get up every single morning and that staying true to me is I've made that commitment to myself to do right. that, to spend that me time. And that is how I stay true to myself. That's how I 
I love that thing because it was the the commitment is to you. It's not to anybody else other than you. I'm sitting here because I'm I'm trying to I want to show you a picture of him as we um, move forward with regards to this, so you can see how much yeah. he actually does. Okay, I'm bringing on the hair. Oh no! I'm gonna bring on no. the hair. Let me is see it? if I can bring it on. Uh, share screen. Ready? Ready. I'm joking. Oh! <laughs> I told. you. He's got the hair. Look at him in the middle. That is insane. He that. is a straight up man. <laughs> and then Josh, you saw before, so beside him. So anyway, so crazy. I'm really excited. I'm excited to share you with the world even more. And uh, thank you for being part of my life. And I'm excited for people to join his coaching program. Is it a program? Is it, tell me a little bit more about the, the coaching with you. Yeah, so what we're doing right now is I have made a huge pivot in uh, the December of 2020. I made a huge pivot from working just with entertainers, mm -hmm. really, and then pivoting to entrepreneurs and influencers in terms of this conflict, right? I had been developing my message as we do and iteration after iteration, and all of a sudden I hit on this. And so I hired myself a CMO and I have a director of operations and we are now in the foundational elements of we put a challenge together, we have an intensive, and then I'm just now about getting, figuring out the 90 day program. And so right now, the best thing that you can do, and I'm gonna put a book out very soon. So right now, the best thing that you can do is just go to justin.club. And, and learn all about you. That's it, just learn all about me, yeah. Follow podcast because Justin doesn't know it yet, but we got big things coming. He's like, what is she getting me into? Oh, no, I trust you. One I know I trust you from back in the day. Oh, you trust that we are getting going. So watch out. And I can't wait to meet your boys and your wife and yes. buddy. So, um, all right. See you soon and stay in touch. Bye. How awesome was today? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends to join as well. I'm here for you with fabulous content, great guests, and lots of giveaways. To learn more of how I have taken what I've learned, applied it to my life, helped others find their true voice, text TRUE to 26786, which will give you my top tune-ups and a complimentary 15-minute discovery call with one of our coaches. And remember, keep in touch with me on Instagram at I am Lauren Lahav, Facebook, Lauren Lahav Official, Clubhouse, Lauren Lahav. Make sure you text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. Text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. And remember to always stay true to the amazing person you are.